0: Hey, we are back, you guys. Hi, thanks for being here. It's me, it's VB. So today I have Angie Caruso on. She is so young in age, but oh my God, when you listen to this interview, she's like just very astute for her age and just like has such a very, she's just wise. She's super, super wise. uh, And I really loved dearly having this conversation with her and getting to know her. And I think that Anyone out there listening is going to enjoy it as much as I did because I don't know. This girl was just, I don't know, there's just something about her that was just very calming, I think, maybe, and that she's just very, very wise. And also, the word authentic really comes to mind, um, which is, you know, just kind of a weird buzzword, I feel like these days, but truly authentic. So, anyways, Angie is someone who is a health and wellness Instagrammer, if you will. Uh, Her page, really is centered around body image and just really feeling good in your skin and how to do that. She also shares like a ton of recipes, uh, which I love. And like, for instance, I talk about it in the episode too, but like her three ingredient brownie, I'm definitely making like today. I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, so that's kind of just Really, what she's all about. Her Instagram journey started as a recovery tool during her battle um, with an eating disorder as a teenager, and you know, really is centered around her journey, and how to just, like I said, feel good in your skin and to openly discuss that, you know, the difficulties that people face in just loving themselves, right? Something that seems so simple and so easy, um, but really just loving the skin we're in, loving our body no matter what, and the importance of being mindful. Uh, So yeah, let's, let's get into it. Here we go. So today on the pod, we have Angie Caruso. She is at Healthful Radiance on Instagram. Um, and Angie, you have kind of built a rather large following just being your whole self and really just sharing your journey, um, which really is surrounded mostly, largely in part with, you know, your body image and finding a really like healthy place to be uh, with your mindset, as far as it goes with your body image and what your journey has been to get to that place. And you really share that vulnerably with your followers. So that is why I'm so excited to have you on today. So thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's exciting.
0: Yeah. Um, So most excitedly, uh, you also just published your first
1: book. Yeah, it still feels kind of surreal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, congratulations. It's such an incredible accomplishment. Um, And if I'm correct, you are 23 years old. Am I right about that? Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay.
0: So, just for everybody out there who's listening, she is twenty-three years old, amassed a great following on social media, and just published her first book. So, I mean, I don't know. I just want to say I'm proud of you because that's amazing.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. No, I really appreciate that. It's like very nice to hear. Yeah. You.
0: <laughs> so, your book is called A Body to Love. And you share your personal experiences, how to cultivate community, body positivity, and self-love in the age of social media. So do you just want to give us like a, a rundown of just like, you know, what this book means to you and why you decided to write it?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's something I've wanted to do since I was a kid. I always knew I wanted to write a book. I just never knew about what. Um, But then as a teenager, I kind of experienced a really severe eating disorder and fell into countless relapses and had a really hard time recovering. Um, And that's when I started building my following on Instagram because my account started as a food diary to hold me accountable in recovery. So all of that being said, my book is basically about my eating disorder as a teenager. My relapses, how I finally found recovery online, not just recovering with like a meal plan and a therapist. Um, And then the second half of the book is all about how I built that community. And then there's some recipes in the back. So there's a lot going on in the book. It's very interactive. There's journaling prompts to guide the reader and to do a lot of self-reflection. But I'm really excited to just get everyone's hands. Um, It's really just a huge accomplishment for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I know like from just following your Instagram, you know, you wrote this book because you wanted to, if you could just help one person, then you're like, okay, that's, I'll do it for this one person. Um, And one of the cool things that I saw on your Instagram that I really, I love because I have a friend near and dear to me who's who's struggled with, you know, these same things. And um, I think you posted about, you know, or someone asked you a question um, is your book triggering for someone who's maybe in the middle of their process? Like, can you read your book if someone is, you know, on their healing journey and maybe isn't quite on the other side? And so something I think that's really unique and maybe not unique, but I just think is personally really cool is that you have all people at every stage of their journey in mind when you created this. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I know it can be specifically very triggering to share numbers or calories or things like that. It's just, not helpful in in uh in a healing journey.
1: Right. And I think that's something I always kept in mind. Um when I do all of my content on whether it's on Instagram or in my book too. Um, and I think if I remember, I answered that person kind of just guiding them saying, if you're not ready to read the book, then someone in your life that's helping you is. And this person will learn from what you're going through. Because the first half of my book does give that whole like in-depth experience. Like, hey, it's not just like I'm not eating. Like there's so much more going on and I'm struggling with so much more. Um, So maybe if you're not ready to read those things, someone in your life will and they'll be able to help you to get to that point where you're able to read it.
0: Right. Amazing. And so it seems like in your journey, you were able to lean into social media in a really positive way uh, to help you heal and to help you through this. But, you know what are some tips from pe- for people out there so that they can make sure that they're consuming social media in a positive way? Because we all deal with comparison. We deal with you know just consuming content that just is not good for our mental health. So do you have yeah, any tips no,
1: around that? Absolutely. I mean, it's been a learning curve for me too. Sometimes I really just need to log off and I can't be on for a weekend or a week because it's just so much content at once and I really lose sight of what's healthy for me. Um, so the second half of the book focuses a lot on how to use social media positively. So we break it down into being a conscious consumer and then a producer. And I think it kind of feeds one into the other. You kind of start consuming content that you say, okay, I'm ready to produce. Um, so as a conscious consumer, there's a lot of questions to keep in mind um, when you're consuming content, but I really like to drive home the point and I give a lot of tips on this, but just knowing where the content you're consuming is coming from. So you see something in like someone posts like a what I eat in a day, which is something I will never post. But if you see that kind of just like looking at it and like right off the bat saying, okay, like, how is this person different than me? How are their needs different than me? Like, is this person an expert? What's their background? Um, And that's something we kind of lose sight of as consumers. When we first see content, we just scroll, 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 take everything like first sight. Um, So I really like to drive home that point to be conscious of our content consumption. And also that we have the power to follow and unfollow accounts that trigger us and make us uncomfortable that aren't guiding us in the right direction, which is something I think we kind of take for granted. We kind of forget that we have that authority, but we are in charge of our own healing journey. Right. And
0: even just muting people, if you feel like if yeah. it gives you anxiety to unfollow somebody, right? Because it does, like, let's be honest, like sometimes you're like, oh, what are they going to think? Are they going to be mad? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be hurt if it's somebody you know? But the content is just not serving your mental health. You can just like mute them, right? Or like, you know, block their yeah. feed, their content from showing up in your feed. Um, so that's always an option. But I do want to go back to the point that you just made about... Every single time without fail, when I mm-hmm. do an ask me anything, every single time, what do you eat in a day constantly? And I always answer the same exact way is that I will never, ever mm-hmm. answer that question because- it, I it blows my mind that people actually influencers out there actually answer that question. It makes me so angry every time I see yeah. it because what's right for me is not what's right for everybody. Number one, number mm-hmm. two, what else you can, the other thing you can unpack from that is like, if you answer that question, it's like, you are saying like, yeah, eat this and you can look like me do this. And yeah. you can be like me. Like, how is that pushing an agenda? That's like, we focus instead of me focus. Like, why does it need to be, why does anybody need, there's no perfect human being. So like, why does, why do we need to promote content where it's like eat this and you can look like me as if you're the perfect person or something like that? Like, why do people think so
1: highly of themselves? Like I would never answer that question. I know. I, I agree hundred percent. I think like what you said just now too, is that there's a lot of unspoken messages that get sent when we post a, what, a full day of eating. It's not just like, Hey, this is what I ate. It's this is what I ate. And I eat this because X, Y, Z, without saying like, I want to maintain this figure. or I believe this is better. And this isn't. Um, so there's a lot of some things that aren't being said. And when we're not conscious consumers, we miss that. And we kind of totally. just like, we don't like analyze that at all. So I think that kind of content is very harmful um, and I try to post every content, every piece of content I post. I think back to like when I was fifteen, and I think what would help me when I was sick or when I was uncomfortable and I was unwell, and something like that would never have helped me. So I won't right. do it. Yeah, I agree. I
0: love that. What an interesting uh, idea to like have that pause before you push push yeah. like share on something and be like, hey, would my younger self benefit from this content I'm about to post? And if the answer to that question is no, then like, why are we posting it? And like, what's really clear about the mission? Like, who's that going to help? Right. You're right. Right. And I feel like the more and more, like those are the accounts that people want to follow. It's not just pretty pictures anymore. It's like, how are you adding value to my life? And what do I get from following you? Like, what are you putting out into the world that could potentially help someone else in need? Um, So you're- an early adapter I feel like in, in that because it's it's something that's just like totally taking storm you know in the last year or so I guess but I yeah. guess maybe it probably happened when we were all locked down and all the people who were like all over the world and doing cool stuff all the time all of a sudden nobody was doing nobody was doing cool shit <laughs> like everybody yes
1: was in the living room so like what are you posting what are you putting out And even the playing field, then we all had to actually bring real content. So, yeah, like (laughs) you can only see how cute your couch is so many times, you know, (laughs) (laughs) exactly like
0: beyond that. Like, I don't know. Um, so those are (laughs) tips for consuming social media in a very health, helpful, and healthy way. Um, you also post a lot of recipes, um, three ingredient brownies that you posted looked freaking amazing. And then oh, the sweet potato Sunday, good. like you post a bunch of like awesome recipes and food, um, just stuff that inspires you and makes you happy. It seems. Um, so yeah. that's really neat.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I think like for me, food has been such a healing mechanism, like this whole journey and being able to have a content focus, like mostly on food has really helped me show people that. I think with my recipes or like when I let other people cook for me, just like kind of just showing food in all areas of my life has been such a driver for the rest of my messages showing like, Hey, this is food freedom or this is what I crave. So I'm going to have it. And like having my recipes as kind of a focal point for that has been so helpful.
0: Right. Exactly. Like these are things that I'm eating because they bring me joy, not because it's quote unquote, what I eat in a day or, mm-hmm. you know, has any kind of meaning or purpose behind it. I'm just eating this because it makes me happy and brings me joy. And it's, and it's obviously fun for you to cook and, and do those things as yeah. well.
1: Yeah. I come um, from a family that loves to cook. So I really didn't, I didn't stand a chance.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of going shifting gears back to your younger self, you know, at what, like what did it take let's say there's someone who's in the middle of their process or their journey and they're like man i'm having these negative thoughts i don't want to have these negative thoughts i want to get some kind of a grip on your mental health space and you want to make changes for for the good um you know at what point did you realize like for you personally you know things were you've got to do something
1: Yeah. I mean, I, again, like relapse and relapse again, because I just kept doing the same thing. I kept going through the same cycle. I kept saying the same lies to my team. I kept saying I was going to get better. And then in the back of my head, I was like, yeah, but I'm not actually going to do any of those things. So I thought, how long can my lies actually take me? But everyone kind of caught on and I was just stuck in a cycle. I just felt like eventually I was like 16. I think it was like 17, like two years in. And I kind of was like, all right, I'm at rock bottom, so I can keep going. I literally can just like keep cracking this rock and see how far I can go. Or I can just suck it up and deal with whatever's scary, but it's only going to be temporary. And this is something I say probably every day on my stories and like on my content, but just all discomfort is temporary. It really is. And I kind of had to really manifest that mindset and say, okay, like I'm going to deal with the things that make me uncomfortable and the things I've been pushing off because I know in the end that something better is going to come out of it. And it was just really kind of deciding at that time, like I had to stick with something. I had to stick with a meal plan. I had to stick with a treatment program. I had to stick with a team. That was the hardest thing for me. But the more consistently I did it and the more open I was with my family and my friends saying like, hey, this is hard for me. Can you help me? Can you support me? Can you make sure that if something like looks like I'm having a hard time, can you like swoop in? Um, and having that communication really held me accountable. And also my Instagram account. I think when I started developing that and cultivating that community, they also held me really accountable. It was people in my shoes that I was connecting with. So like if I had a really hard time eating my meal plan, I found like other accounts that were also on a meal plan and having a really hard time. We kind of motivate each other and then they would keep me accountable. So we were all doing the hard things at once, but it was easier because other people were doing them with me. And I didn't have that in my everyday life. I didn't have someone else struggling with an eating disorder, but there were so many people out like in the social media world that were, and I didn't know. So, it was that connection that kind of was super healing for me. Right. I mean, vulnerability is like the secret sauce to
0: anything. It's like, open up, call out the elephant in the room, like, talk about what you're struggling with. And for people around you who don't understand what you're struggling with, like, explain it to them and, yeah, literally, like, verbally communicate how they can help you in your process and in your journey. It's like, so often as human beings, we do this, though. We think, like, No one's gonna understand. I have to just figure this out all on my own. And and we don't. Ultimately, it's so true. I feel like I say this to my um, you know, people all the time, my life coaching clients and in my soul cycle class all the time when I teach, I'm just like, you, you know, we go through life, we do things on our own, we do, but you don't have to do them alone. Exactly. You ultimately will do it on you will do it on your own, but you don't have to do it alone. And there's like so much, I think. Power in that and understanding that, um, that we, we don't have to go through any of this struggle or the hardship by ourselves. And, and not only that, like, let's say like, you don't have a single family member who gets it and you don't have a single friend who gets it, not a single person around you. Like that's where like the age of social media is such a powerful thing. Cause like you obviously leaned into that community so heavily and like made friends on social media with people who like fully understood your journey. And so, like you said, like you could lean on them and and not feel alone in the process.
1: Yeah, I think the power of community is so important. And I think that's why I needed to write this book because there wasn't any other kind of literature out there saying like, hey, social media is positive and it can be positive in relation to community and body image. Like that's something we don't see right now. So Mm -hmm. I think really drawing attention and showing people like, hey, like if you join these communities, if you really become an active member and you really put yourself out there, People will connect with you on your vulnerability. You will see people for who they really, really are. And you will understand that being human looks so different than what we were taught. Yeah. So then I think we learn so much from other people and social media is a really strong tool for that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And there was like an age where I don't know if you I never know how to articulate this properly, where there wasn't inauthenticity in people on social media who were being authentic. Does that make any sense? Keep going. If like, you can. Okay. <laughs> so like, I noticed it was like trending a while ago to like take a photo of yourself when you're crying or to like show your stretch marks or to show like, I don't even know, like just... The behind-the-scenes moments, right, that make you "quote unquote" human. Um, right. <clears throat> but there, you have to be able to sift through the bullshit, is what I'm saying, as well, because there's a, still a lot of people out there who are like, "Look at me, I'm so authentic," where they're mm. really just trying to do something, like I said, "quote unquote" authentic to get more likes and followers. Yeah,
1: I, I I see what you're saying, and I totally I think when it comes down to it, I think this is a lot of what I wrote in the producer section of the book, like how to create your own content. People can tell if you're not authentic. And I think it translates very easily. I think, at least for my content, I try to be as authentic as possible. I won't do things I don't agree with. I won't sell out for brands or products I don't like. I won't host something just because everyone else is. And sometimes it's very tempting to hop on a trend or a brand or sign a partnership deal because it's a lot of money or something. But it's just at the end of the day, it doesn't feel right. Like, I don't post on the weekends. I don't feel a call to social media on the weekends. But part of me is like, oh, will my content perform better if I do? but that stuff feels forced to me. So I can't, I just can't do it. I feel very genuinely tied to my brand and myself. And I think people can tell if you're not. So, I mean, if you are great, good for you. If you're not, it will catch up to you.
0: Yeah. I feel that. I also rarely post on, on weekends. I'm like, (laughs) if it is, it's like a quick throw it up post of like an actual in the moment. And it's like, Oh, like this was like, you know, whatever, but I don't plan it or think about it. That's for sure. Like I do not have the mental capacity to plan it or think about it
1: no no especially when you're on social media five days a week as your job you're kind of just like like let me me log off I can't be here right now
0: yeah well it sounds like you have a super healthy relationship with it then that's really great um and so in terms of the fact that you're an author obviously you've written this book but and you've always loved writing but let's talk about you know your you know, why you love writing and what it does for you and, and why you would recommend it. Because I know you have a lot of prompts, journaling prompts in your book and things like that. Um, so just can we talk talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Writing has always been probably like my favorite hobby. If I didn't play sports growing up, I'd probably be holding my room just like writing all day. <laughs> I was such like a kid like that. But I think as I got older, I saw the power of writing as bringing me back to myself and kind of just writing in a freeform way where there's like no pressure and no prompt. And I would just write and write and write, especially when I was struggling with my eating disorder and really sick and not talking to anybody, isolating, closing myself off in my room and things that were really bothering me and irritating me. I would just open my notes up on my phone and I would write paragraphs and pages of things that were bothering me. Um, and I went back and I read those actually um, a couple of weeks ago. And they're very irrational. They're very the oh, and section is psychotic. It, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, everything's in caps. Like there's no spaces. I was just like, but going back and seeing that in hindsight and say like, okay, like this is what I was struggling with. Like, this is what would have helped me at the time. Um, so I really think it's important to write as a way of like connecting with ourselves and we can really see our true selves in our writing. Things that we can't say out loud, we can easily write down and not show anyone. So I think that's a really therapeutic tool for us. And I think it's free and it's perfect. Right, available for us. And I think that's why I wanted to have so many prompts in the book. Um, I think at the end of part one, I even say like your last prompt is to go back and look at all the prompts that you did previously. What can you learn about yourself and what can you do with that affirmation moving forward? Um, so I think it's very important for people to write and read, but writing is just has a special place. Same. I
0: absolutely love to write and I, it's been taking me 10 years and pro- I don't even know when I'll ever finish it, but I've also been working on a book. So like, it's, Amazing. it's a process. Yeah, yeah. super
1: no. I was writing mine for, for years and it's taken it took so many different courses um, and it will change so much. But it's amazing. I don't know. Like I I'm good with words, but I think like when it comes to talking about the actual book, like I'm at a loss room. <laughs>
0: yeah, that makes sense. So in terms of writing and as much as you were saying it's therapeutic and all those things i totally agree but one thing that you said that i i always tell all of my life coaching clients when you said like go backwards i am such a big fan of always looking backwards like people mm-hmm. it's like a very popular thing to say like don't look back you're not going that direction like no like i'm trying to look back all the t- all the time all the damn time i want to yeah. remember where i came from i want to know what obstacles i've already like overcome so like because it's important i think you have to look back on a daily basis. and it's part of my personal journey journaling process is to look backwards and like ask yourself what you're proud of because in order if otherwise you're just on to the next thing on to the next thing on to the next thing and that's number one number two like the, like anxiety is caused when we place our thoughts from today like, in our present moment and we put our thoughts into the future right mm-hmm. that is yeah how anxiety happens It's the the what could happen what might happen but all of that is not what's actually happening. Um, and so uh, you know, it's like you have to take those moments to go backwards and to really dial in to the things that you're proud of that you've accomplished so far, number one and number two, also just really remembering constantly all that you've been through. every challenge that you faced every obstacle that you overcame that led you to where you are today. And I think, especially in terms of you, like in the journey you're on, right. It's like remembering your progress that you've made. So like, if you have an off day or a bad day, or you think the thought that, you know, like, oh man, why I wish I didn't think the thought that I just thought, right. You can like, remember how far you've come. You're like, well, shit, I've made all this progress. Like, I don't want to go backwards. Cause now I see what backwards was right.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. And it's also like the kind of idea you're thinking, like, I'm not who I am today without who I was before this, and kind of honoring that person and taking everything you learned from that person saying, what do I like from that person? And what can I learn from them? And then what can I leave behind? And what can I make sure I don't do again? And for me, personally, I think that's very important, especially if I have a day that's not so strong. I kind of think back and think, okay, but if I were five years ago, and I had this thought, what would I have done? And then I play out the whole scenario I had like that, I would just would isolate be by myself, I'd give in to bad thoughts. And it would just be a whole cycle. And I know I'm so far removed from that person. And I know I have so much more in my life that matters than that now. And it's kind of that quick reality check, like, okay, like I can move on and I feel better now. But it's because yeah. I go back and I think back to that person. and I think back to past events and I read past experiences. Um, so I do think that's super, super important. I don't like to just leave the past behind. All of my content is focused on who I was in the past. So I wouldn't have The brand and the person I am today without that right yeah yeah totally
0: and that's so true probably for all of us like we wouldn't be where we are obviously yeah we haven't gone through the things that we that we faced um yeah so that's just like such an interesting uh point for anybody out there who's just like trying to forget about their past completely like it it, it's a huge power piece really is remembering your past Um, and in terms of like body image, you know, I'm also mindful to share these kind of things because like, you know, my experience is not the same as everyone else's experience. So just like a disclaimer, but like in terms of body image, like I, I I'll share something on a personal note that I found that really helped me. Um, I remember this one time we had this, um, it was like, I don't even know what they called it. It was like camp sort of, um, for soul cycle instructors. And so it was the first time that they had ever done it. And so it was like a retreat. I think they called it. Uh It was the first time we'd ever done it. And so it wasn't the entire instructor population at the time, but like they did like a small group and then they've done several like camps since then. But so I went to the very first one and I remember like, it's like, you know, instructors from all over the country are all there. And especially working in in the fitness industry, like there's a lot of pressure to like look a certain way or be a certain whatever the hell. And like, thank God we've evolved so much where it's like definitely like leaning more towards just like, if you have a body, you are an athlete, like period. And like, that's the truth of the matter. It's not like, yeah, that's a facade. That's a real freaking thing. Like there's no specific body that you need to have. But I remember having like a specific moment, like kind of with myself when I was there and I was with like all the, you know, best of the best instructors from around the country. And then like, I stopped myself in the moment and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, every girl here, I would never in a million years have a negative thought about them and their bodies. I don't have a thought Mm -hmm. about their bodies. I don't even think about their bodies at all. I'm only thinking about my own body. And I was like, and what my body looks like. Right. And that's the only thing I'm thinking about. So I'm like, wait, if I would never have a negative thought about someone else's body, then why in the hell Mm -hmm. am I wasting my time to have a negative thought about my own body? I was like, I had this like weird moment where I
1: was like, this doesn't even make any freaking sense. No, of course not. It doesn't. Everything about body image struggles or is irrational. If body image lives in our minds, it's not something that we see. Our body changes. I feel like my body changes five times a day. And I know like that rationally, that's not possible. But like, that's mentally where my body image lives. And some like an hour ago, it's probably better than it was now. And it'll be better tonight or worse tonight. And I think also to your point that like comparing our bodies and thinking about other people's bodies, like. Nobody thinks about us as much as we do. And that's something I always have to remind myself of because I'll run out of the house and like looking at my outfit. I'm like, oh my God, everyone's gonna hate what I'm wearing or think my shirt's too short or whatever. And then I go out with my friends and I look at their outfits for 30 seconds. And I'm like, oh, I like that. And then I move on. And no one's thinking about mine, but I'm fixating on the fact that everyone's thinking about mine and nobody is. Nobody no. thinks about us as much as we do. We everybody's thinking about themselves. <laughs> exactly
0: exactly and, if they, and most of the time like they're like oh my god you look amazing or I love your outfit or I love your hair or I love your you know x y or z like other people actually like are thinking you look amazing which is exactly. like which is another thing like you know in the in the world of um in the world of understanding that people do struggle with body image like that's just another thing another like segue we can take which is never comment on someone's body and what it looks like ever like talk about a pet peeve yeah (laughs) like don't just don't do that like and honestly because it can be triggering for some people we're not even going to go down the rabbit hole of like why not to do that
1: um but just don't (laughs) like it's so lazy it think about something that's like worth my time to hear about myself like I put so much into my life notice that You know, and like something you could see on the surface level is just very, it's very lazy to me. I don't know, like to put it broadly and very lightly, like I just, I hear that and I'm like, okay, thanks. Like, I think that's so much more of a projection of someone else when they make a comment about my body and like what they notice about my body is something that they're probably fixing on about theirs. So I really don't think about it that much and I really don't take it that seriously, but I like a hundred percent agree with you. That's the most annoying thing.
0: Yeah. Like talk about how someone looks super happy or, you know, Mm -hmm. like you know, their personality traits that you like the best or like, I don't know, just like anything besides that. Literally anything. <laughs> yeah. Literally anything. I mean, I try to also not to like, you know, compliment too much on like material things either, but like whatever.
1: Um, yeah, you know. it's better than, it's better than body, body comments, yes.
0: it's <laughs> better than body comments for
1: sure. Um, yeah.
0: So Anything else about the book that you would like to share that uh, you think is helpful for people or why they should go ahead, they should go out and get it and who it's for?
1: Yeah, I definitely think something I want to make clear, and I've tried to make, keep making this clear on my account as well, but it's not just for people that have experienced like an eating disorder or disordered eating. It's really for anybody with a body and who sees their body every day and has thoughts about their body. And I think everybody can relate to conversations on body image. Um, I think if you are struggling with more sensitive issues, maybe pass it off to someone else and have them screen it for you. Because I do talk about my experience, obviously not in like gross detail. So no like calories or weights or routines or things like that, because I understand that's triggering for most people. Um, But I do think if you have a body and you have body image, and this is the book for you. It just sparks conversations and thoughts that maybe you've never thought about. Um, And I think at the end of the day, it's just, I really just want to drive community and build community and build positive community with it. And I really think a lot of people benefit from it.
0: Amazing. I love that. (laughs) So (laughs) the last question for you um, is what is one piece of advice that you would give your younger self?
1: Oh, all right. Um, See, this is where I go back to thinking about everything or all the content for my younger self, but I think just like, don't worry, which is so basic. But in college and in high school, like I was always that type A perfectionist that planned things out to the max. Like I would get my syllabi for the semester and I would do everything the first week. I would worry, worry, worry. And I would plan. Um, and I missed out a lot in college and I missed out a lot in high school. And now that I'm older and I'm like, I have a really solid friend group and my family and stuff. I do a lot of stuff sporadically and spontaneously. Um, and it's healed me so much. It's really given me so much food freedom and body image positivity. and all the other stuff that comes with it. But I think it's because I don't worry anymore. Obviously I'm concerned and I plan for things. Um, It's not like a free for all, but I don't worry in the sense where every little thing is like, I have to be perfectionist and I have to plan all my meals and I can't miss a workout. Um, So there's a lot that goes into like, don't worry. But I think just like going with the flow and letting life throw its punches at you and just being okay with it um, is something I wish I would have started doing years ago.
0: I love that. And that is great advice. So thank you so much for sharing that. And thank yeah, you so much for for being on, for being the genuine, authentic, and really super vulnerable person that you are. I think so many people are really, really going to benefit from following you on Instagram at Healthful Radiance um, and for picking up your book, A Body to Love. Yes.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was so great having you on and awesome to get to know you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for chatting.
0: All right. So that was Angie Caruso, you guys. Make sure, like I said, that you follow her on Healthful Radiance or at Helpful Radiance on uh, Instagram. And really, just truly such inspiring conversation. And I think that, or I know uh Angie has helped so many people up until now and I know that she's going to continue to do that so definitely pick up a copy of her book a body to love um yeah I think that's pretty much it for today she was just I'm I'm on cloud 9 it was a great interview I'm feeling really just inspired by her and her story and just what beautiful things can happen in our lives when we lean into vulnerability, right? That was like the biggest piece for me. The biggest takeaway is like, no matter what it is that you are going through or struggling with, right? Just like talk about it. You don't have to be alone in your thoughts. You don't have to be alone in your feelings and vulnerability and sharing what you're going through can really lead you to such a beautiful place in anyone's healing journey or recovery journey or whatever your specific thing is that you're trying to get to the other side of. So that's a wrap for today. Follow Angie, follow me at Victoria Brown, follow the pod handle, please at very best self. Um, and then, you know, the drill hit subscribe five stars, like review. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. Have a good one. And I will see you next Tuesday y'all.